back to another episode of Friends From Work, a podcast about all things in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, hosted by me, Robbie, and by my good friend, Kyle. Kyle, welcome to a special Thursday edition of Friends From Work. Thank you very much. This is a special Thursday episode that we've waited for for quite some time. You guys are going to love this. <laughs> I got a chance to sit down and interview Desmond Chum. He plays Dovich in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. How fun is that? I am so jealous because it, <laughs> I can't wait for people to hear this. And me listening back to it just made me so angry that I couldn't be there. But I can't be angry because it was just such a it was such a great conversation y'all had that uh, I wouldn't have wanted to spoil it, you know? Is there a better way to add to Mega Week than actually talking with somebody from the stinking show the night before the finale? Ugh. Man. I was pretty pumped about it. It just makes me grateful for all the folks that have been on the Friends from Work train since the beginning back in 2019. Um, right. It's just it's it's been it's been such a crazy journey and it's cool that uh, we're finally getting to have some of these conversations that you and I have have sort of dreamed of having and that folks have reached out and kind of urged us to have and and the fact that you got to to speak with someone about uh, what it's like to to be in the cast of a Marvel project mm. is just so fun. So even though. The interview is the focus of this episode. That is the highlight. We said last week that we didn't do very many leftovers because we were going to give you guys a few extra days to get more comments and thoughts in before the finale so that we could address some of them here. So I have jotted down six leftovers I want to get to quickly before the interview. All right? All right. Let's do it. Okay. Question number one for you. In the finale, this is Prediction Central again. Here we go. In the finale, <laughs> do you think we will see Secretary Ross? And maybe is it not Secretary Ross anymore? Oh, interesting. I mean, I could. It, it's it's weird because as we get close to the end here, I start thinking of of all the things that could pop up in in the credits, and and I could see Secretary Ross there as some sort of tie-in to Black Widow, although, you know, like we talked about in the last episode, that gets a little weird in terms of how that movie is going to to treat itself timeline-wise. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm tempted to say that if he hadn't, you know, I, I think it, it would have made a lot of sense to put Ross into that final scene of episode five. You know, when you have all these mm -hmm. world leaders sitting around discussing, like, that seems very much like that would be like his that scene. would have been their shot yeah, yeah. yeah and and now it would almost seem strange to me um like or, or again like i and i have to think that that someone thought about this like rather than have it be this random senator that was kind of behind walker taking up the shield that seems like it should have been ross like you can imagine why ross who has seen yeah, true. steve rogers himself be disobedient He's watched the Avengers kind of give him the middle finger. Like, he would be particularly motivated to find kind of his own company man that would be in his pocket. So, like, I, it seems like a missed opportunity. It could just be that William Hurt wasn't available. William Hurt is obviously a kind of legendary actor, so I could see that being the case. 
But all that to say, it would seem strange to suddenly drop him in now. Couple of thoughts here. One, it would be interesting if maybe he has had a fall from grace because a lot of his stuff has not gone well either. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was in charge when a lot of this stuff went down, even to the small things of, you know, he put people in the raft and he was in charge of that. And lo and behold, they got broken out right away. Yeah, and true. Then everything happened with the snap and whatever. So in that way, yeah, maybe he's had such a fall from grace that he is in Madripoor in some way. Um, however, I'm going to go on the record and say, I don't think so. Hmm. Secondly, I also just wonder how much was this show meant to be a bridge to more stuff? Because like WandaVision was very obviously isolated, right? It's kind of an insulated story. Right. Um, but were they using this show to set up more seasons or were they using this show to set up the films more directly than WandaVision was? Like, is this going to be a setup into Spider-Man at all now that they're in New York? Like, will we see Spider-Man hmm. or hear about him? Or will this be a setup into Black Widow, even though I know they're reversed? Like, does that tie, like you're saying, in some way? Right. Um, or is it an isolated story and they truly don't tie it in? So I don't know. I'm on the record. I don't think he'll be there tomorrow, but I would be pleasantly surprised if he was. Following that up, second leftover question, do you think we will see Steve Rogers? Oh. And I'll edit that question to say, or will we get any more references, like direct references? Like will we see the back of his head or something and mm -hmm. it's this double or something like that? And I ask that because, and this is not spoiler, but they released a little promo for the finale, like they do, mm -hmm. Disney+. Plus. And in the promo, I guess somebody paused it. I think I have this correct. And you see a shot of a house, like an old school traditional house. And it looks like the exact house that Steve and Peggy are in at the end of Endgame. Wow. So do they go visit Steve Rogers at all? You know, okay, again, that would be, that would just be so strange to me because like so much of, of like Sam and Bucky's last conversation was about how Steve is gone. And right. so it would be so weird to me for them to, and, and I get why someone could say, well, he's gone kind of practically, like he's gone from superhero world. But that's not the way it sounded in that conversation. Like it sounded very much like, and I mean, they even say we're two guys with a mutual friend and that mutual friend's gone. So like you, I get the sense, right, that like if Sam is learning about Isaiah, if Bucky is dealing with all this stuff, like, it, it, they would go and just, like, seek out Steve's advice in, like, episode two, right? I know. And does it belittle their emotional development now? If they can just right away be like, he is gone, and that was a huge motivating factor for Bucky, but then let's go visit him real quick. <laughs> right. And, and, and I, I mean... I also think, and this was this was part of like going into Endgame. This is one of those things that I was wrestling with because, to the extent that you have these characters, like especially Tony and Steve, uh, just hanging out in the world. Like I know some people back then were speculating, like, well, a lot of people thought Steve was going to die and Tony was going to like retire and kind of go off, sort of, kind of like he did in the beginning of Endgame with Pepper. Um, and Morgan. But the problem with that is like, you're always going to have them lingering out. And then you're always asking those questions that we've talked about 
from back in like phase two of like, okay, well, wouldn't they go and get Steve's advice here? Like, you know, wouldn't they, they go and like seek him out when they're in this, like, yeah, he can't fight, but he's still Steve Rogers. He's still got the same kind of heart and the same mind. And you could see them still wanting that kind of leadership. And I I just think that if they crack open that door, one, I think it would sort of, I, I just think that Endgame finished that story just so effectively. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, I, I just don't want to crack that open. My gut reaction was like, well, but are we not going to get closure on Steve? Like, I think I even said on this podcast, like, we need closure about Steve in this show. And then I realized, wait, we've already gotten our closure. What am I talking right. about? Like, Endgame ended his story literally perfectly. Even if we don't ever see a literal funeral, that's okay. Like, right. we got the closure. Not everybody's story has to end in a funeral like Tony's. So I think I've changed my mind to where I'm like, I don't think he'll be in this. It would be fun if he was, but I don't think he will be. And I don't think I need him to be. Well, and and mind you, I would be fine if there were some explanation or even, even like a, a flashback to to parts of what happened whenever Steve went back. I don't know that I need that, but I would be fine with that at some point. Um, but yeah. not, I don't even think I would want that here because I think it would just, it would shift the focus off of, off of Sam in particular. And I think the show's done yeah. a really good job of kind of pointing in that direction. I know the whole show has been about Sam taking over. And yeah, again, it kind of belittles that part of it too. If right away we're like, oh, here's a reminder of Steve Rogers. Right. The real, you know. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, um, where will the Falcon and the Winter Soldier go in our watch order? And this question was raised because, yes, we know the chronological. The chronological mm-hmm. would be, mm-hmm. you know, WandaVision, then Falcon Winter Soldier, then Far From Home probably. But if this doesn't end up tying much more directly to either of those shows, could it be kind of cool if you were having somebody rewatch Could you put it first and then put WandaVision last so that there's a mini arc between WandaVision and Doctor Strange 2, maybe? Mm. Like tonally? Yeah, no, that's that's a great question. Uh, You and I have talked about this a bit. I actually really like the idea of of starting, um, you know, kind of our phase four with WandaVision just because... I think Endgame ended so well. I love that there were no mid-credit scenes, and it has that sense of of finality. And then I think WandaVision opens so strangely and mysteriously. And so I, I kind of like this idea of like the the thing is ended, like the Infinity Saga is done, and then this next chapter. Whereas with Falcon Winter Soldier, it's like here's what's been going on in the world, which makes sense in some ways. I think what's more interesting is to start it off, and now you're like, wait, how is Vision back? How, like, what is Wanda doing with him? Like, what's, like, what's, what world are we in? Are we even in the same universe? And then you kind of, it slowly, especially with, like, that episode four thing with Monica Rambeau, introduces you to the post-blip world. And then I think Falcon Winter Soldier really expands on that. Um, so that's where, that's where I'm sitting at, at the moment, um, I don't know if you... I'll let you do the heavy lifting on the watch order stuff. (laughs) Behind the scenes, Robbie's kind of always been the guy that carefully crafted our order, and I just enjoyed following it, so that's where I'll leave it. 
I do have one thing that I'm just going to like let dangle out there and we'll see what people think. Um, okay. This is so, so, so small. But the only thing that I, I do kind of wonder um, it, regarding Far From Home and because, and, you know, chronologically it would go third, I guess. We've had some people reach out talking about, um, you know, how appropriate it is after all of this stuff that we've seen now, like the 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 tragedy that we see around people like Monica coming back from the blip and and the sort of turmoil worldwide and Falcon Winter Soldier. Um, and so like tonally, is it strange to tell those and then go to Far From Home? And it's all very just kind of funny and making making light of it. Um, right. You know, like I, I, I think it's just going to depend on how Falcon Winter Soldier ends. Um, yeah. The other thing that the, the other part of that to me is I do think it would be, it's a little strange and maybe it would be fine with the bridge of Falcon Winter Soldier, but you know, far from <laughs> home opens with that little like, like um, montage from the high school, like news team and vision is one of the people that they talk about being like fallen. Uh, and there is a part of me that like, I, I feel like that maybe works prior to you seeing WandaVision better than it does after you seeing WandaVision. These are all just questions <laughs> floating around. I invite feedback. <laughs> I, I love this because people are getting a tiny, tiny glimpse of what goes on in your brain when you're trying <laughs> to put this together. This is the amount of thought and care and effort that Robbie puts into this. And I just honestly appreciate it at this point. I really do. And last thing to reiterate, it could be kind of fun, though, to create little mini arcs like we used to. And I think yeah. that was the thought behind WandaVision going later. For sure. If she plays like a huge factor in, in Doctor Strange 2. Um, okay. Briefly, we talked about this Dark Avengers team. And I've talked about wanting some kind of Sinister Six vibe in the past. And we've brought that up. And one of our listeners brought up, you know— it does seem like they are kind of setting the table pretty well for that. Uh -huh. Like, just think about this for a second. If you pause right now before the finale, we have like a fake Captain America that is now strong. Theoretically, somebody like Abomination could still be out there. Yeah. Um, we have this other version of Vision now. Yeah. That we don't know if it's good or bad. And then we have this new character in Contessa, that the writers themselves have said they tried to kind of compare to a dark Nick Fury. Oh, wow. So I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it does seem like there are breadcrumbs, you know, of this, this that, team being formed. That is a, that's a really interesting, I hadn't read that, but like to compare that moment to, with, with Walker to like Fury's first moment that we saw with Stark. Well, she shows up, she recruits him mysteriously. Like, yeah, no doubt it's got comparisons. I like that. Um, two more things. One, it's been really cool, Robbie. I don't know if you've gotten a chance to see some of these, but we've had a lot of military people and veterans write in about these last hmm. couple episodes. I love um, that. Which has been fascinating because obviously you had the race factor in all this, and that's the leading story in this last episode. Mm -hmm. But you also had, you know, the John Walker story, which is this guy who's got kind of a small level of PTSD, and the serum makes those anger and rage parts of that PTSD even stronger. Yeah. And then how the government handles his decision, et cetera. And we just got a lot of like veterans writing in on how that 
was really a sensitive spot for them or how that affected them or how they loved it or, you know what I'm saying? It's just yeah. been a cool, it's just been cool to have that perspective too. No, that's super cool. And I'm really grateful to those folks um, for kind of stepping out and writing to us. I know that that stuff's probably not always easy to to reach out about. And it really does. I mean, it, it, I, I've seen a few of those messages and I feel like it's absolutely kind of deepened my experience with the show and uh, yeah, I'm grateful that we have folks like that that are on the other side. Right. And then lastly, I got a bunch of messages about the pizza rolls. And I'm, I'm glad to say that <laughs> I have learned that if you bite the corners off the pizza rolls, then the air gets in and cools oh, it yeah. down for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So I didn't know that. So oh, now you, I know we, how we to got eat a rookie rolls over here. We got time. a pizza roll rookie. <laughs> Uh, I think I made it very clear I'm a pizza roll rookie. I'm a pizza roll noob uh, based off last episode. But anyways, my tongue is mostly healed. Okay, good. And I'm very grateful for all of the pizza roll messages. Okay. But now, without further ado, I can't wait for you guys to hear from our special guest, Desmond Shim. As I said, he's an actor in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. He plays Dovich. Uh, as one of the Flag Smashers, and that's a role that Robbie and I have particularly grown to enjoy. And this last episode, we we brought up that we really enjoy that he's kind of becoming Carly's conscience. Right. So that's been kind of a fun development, but I can't wait for you guys to hear from him. I just have to say also, I was not expecting Desmond to be this darn charming. What a charmer. Right. What a charmer. I can't wait for folks to get to hear from him. Without further ado... Here's our interview with Desmond Chum. All right, our very special guest is Desmond Chum. He plays Dovich on The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Desmond, welcome to Friends from Work. What's up, guys? Good to be here. Good to, good to see you outside of a work context, mate. I just see you with a water cooler all the time. Yeah. <laughs> How did I do with your last name? Close? You nailed it. You're the you've been the most spot on of anyone so far. Really? I'm not I'm I'm literally not just saying that. That's why my face did that when you said my name. I was like, Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. I it's practiced a little bit, really so good. don't you? You nailed it. Yeah, well, thank uh, you. Ah, you nailed it, mate. <laughs> okay, so take us back a little bit, rewind. Mm-hmm. What was mm-hmm. it like for you when you first got that call from Marvel? Where were you at? What was your reaction? <laughs> Just t- paint a better picture of that for us. Oh, man. I was, uh, serendipitously enough, at the gym. Oh, um, so, so, you know, you get the call to be a, to be a super soldier on screen here at the gym. I think the universe is sending you a pretty strong message there. <laughs> yes. Um, so I left immediately. No, yeah. <laughs> I, I got the call and I hadn't, I, I'm pretty quiet about my audition. So I don't tell anyone, even my wife about them. And she was there with me. And, mm. uh, after I got off, she was like, your face is dead white and you seem to be shaking like a leaf. What happened? And I was like, Bubble cool. <laughs> bubble, bubble, the, the, you know, the, <laughs> my voice did do that. <laughs> and uh, she was like, what are you talking about? You, it's delusional. You've done too many press ups and you, you've gotten dizzy and you, you're, you're on, you're on about something. Um, and I was like, no, 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 no. I auditioned for this part and they called and they wanted the offers there. I can take it. Um, and as I'm like gushing and sort of like, I'm just collapsing onto the ground in a puddle. These like three gym bros who are huge, like dudes. <laughs> they, they got a, they, they're like, they, they'd make, they'd make the Hulk look small, man. They, they came <laughs> over and they were like, Hey dude, are you, are you okay? Like, you know, you, 
you, you good. You need to sit up. You got to get the blood flowing. You can't just, and I was like, no, 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 this isn't gym related. It's not gym related. You're good. Just please, thank you. You're so sweet. You're so sweet. Um, Shout out to those bros, the, yeah, the, the yeah. gym guys. Those gym gym guys are lovely. They, hey, they look really scary, but they're so nice. We don't need to stereotype gym guys. Yeah, I like it, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. screw toxic masculinity. But that's <laughs> that's that's pretty much what happened. That's exactly what happened, actually. That's so cool. So yeah. you've been an actor in a few different things and a lot of unique stuff. But when you walked on the yeah. set of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, does a Marvel set feel different? Yeah, it does. It does. It sort of melds this. You know, I've been on big budget sets before. Shannara was was that was money that MTV spent. Um, there was this nonchalance is the only way I can describe hmm. it in the air walking onto the Marvel set. Like, yeah, it's huge, and you know, the budget is the biggest thing you've ever done, and and you know, there's more money being spent a minute than than anywhere else you've ever been. Hmm. But it's so chill. And and open and relaxed and this I don't know if this is every Marvel set but this it certainly was ours and I think it was benefit of having three three ladies in charge um, hmm. you know our, our producer our line producer and our director were all women um, and I think there was just no ego uh, about it all and that sort of set the tone of like yeah okay we're spending huge amounts of money and this is insane don't get me wrong the little kid in me was freaking out with like helicopters and giant blue screens and movable truck beds and like mm-hmm. you know these cabs that, that had hydraulics that we could lift and it was wild and insane but it didn't feel intimidating wow um and that was great that was so lovely as an actor the moment you walk on you feel that you're like okay i can do my job kind of puts everyone's guard at ease a little bit yeah yeah man and that's how that's how you got to work especially in a, in a sort of like a buddy situation like this one was everyone's got to be at ease you got to have mm-hmm. that, be able to pick up each other and have that chemistry mm-hmm. um so important so mm-hmm. important well we're loving the show so far and yeah. I love your role. I'm I'm loving the flag smashers, uh, but on on top of that, the entire cast seems really great. I mean, overall, yeah. it's an awesome cast. What's it like working with the likes of you know Anthony Mackie, Sebastian Stan, Aaron Kellyman, et cetera? On well, and again, on. that that you know that chemistry between I mean between our two leads is is non non pare. Uh, you can't you can't you can't bottle it. I mean, they mm. just have something. They've been working together for a long time, obviously. And there is, again, an ease to it. Sometimes when you see people who have been paired up, it's like, oh, you two are buddies. They're really, you know, they ham it up. They push too hard. It's just way too much. And and again, it comes back to that nonchalance, that ease that they had that that made that dynamic work really well. And as far as – and most of my work, honestly, was with uh, Aaron. Oh, my goodness, mate. Aaron is just a – force without having mm. to be a force she is so lovely you know i was just on another thing describing her as as a lovely person and a really really good actor a really bloody amazing actor and it's very rare that those two things come together mm. sometimes the really good actors can kind of be assholes mm. uh no man she was so chill she brought us together like there's a reason they cast her as the leader of the flag smashes hey because under her like by the first day we were all introduced first day um on set together we were all gelling and laughing and having fun and and tyler's over in the corner beatboxing and renessa's throwing out some freestyles and india's throwing out some like sick dance moves <laughs> like we were all that was our first day on set wow like we all just gelled immediately and it, it wouldn't have happened if 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 Aaron made it weird. So thanks, Aaron, for not making it weird. <laughs> if she's listening to this, this. <laughs> yes, yes, thank you. I love that girl. She's so lovely. That's so cool. That's, I mean, 
I never thought about the importance of casting the leader like that to actually be a leader yeah. off screen too. That's cool. Yeah, man. She, she, she is, and she will continue to do so. She's, she's so good, man. Hmm. I cannot think of prices enough. Were there any pranksters or jokesters on set or is it not work like that? Nah, Tyler. <laughs> if you're out there, <laughs> yeah. If you're out there, he plays Diego. Uh, he, he's he's the little one with the lot. The other the other guy with the long hair. Um, <laughs> he's a riot man. He's he's dope. Just like shadow boxing in the corner with with everyone. Is, or or like we just be in between takes, and I'd feel like these taps on my back, and then I turn around. And he's just like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> put him up. It was so fun. It was so much fun. And then Reness as well. Reness is just a big teddy bear. I love that man. Hmm. I love that man. He loves he loves the material too. He is the biggest nerd and the gentlest six foot seven human being I've ever met. Oh, wow. Six foot eight, however tall he is. He's massive. In yeah. episode one, you're the guy behind the mask that kicks the guy, right? And, and punches yeah. the guy. Do you get to do that or is that a stunt double? Do you get to actually uh, punch somebody? We were both there. Our stunt double did the kick, Kim Doe. Okay. Stunt doubles are amazing. Uh, there's a bit of a thing going on right now in, in uh, the actor sphere. We're trying to get it moving. Uh, who's your double? I'd love if any actors hear this post up their doubles because they do not get enough recognition. Hmm. Um, we need a stunt category at the Oscars because hmm. the amount of work that they do, they make us look so good and for nothing. They injure themselves for nothing. They throw their bodies into dangerous situations that are specifically dangerous that they can't risk the actor in for us. You know, mm. it's wild. They get so little recognition for it. They are the true superheroes. Mm. Um, Kim Do, mine, is an absolute legend. He's a pleasure to work with. Um, and he took a lot of, you know, I was able to work with him on character, which sometimes you can't do with a stunt double. You know, it's like they have their specific way of doing it, but I was able to be like, hey, no, like, you know, Dover's just thinking this in this moment or he's doing this in this moment. Mm. Um, you know, he's feeling cocky or he's feeling kind of like, you know, disenfranchised, et cetera, et cetera. So that, that is something I'm, I'm really passionate about. Any actor who says they did not have a stunt double is straight up, and I will say this on the record, is straight up lying. Hmm. Except for Tom Cruise and a couple of others. They are, we we do, we yes, sure, you get to do some stunts, but we only get to do what stunts allows us to do. Mm. Make no bones about it. That's more for some people and that's less for some people, but you have a double. Do not disrespect them and say that you did not have one. Hmm. That's actually yeah. a good word. That's not something, even someone like me who covers this stuff, I never would have thought of that. That they, yeah, they don't get the recognition, I guess. Yeah. Separate yeah. category would be good. I like that. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. It'd be amazing. And, and think about it as well, just the, just the sort of carrot of it, you know, like we see incredible stunt work. It's, it'll get even like better if, if there's, you know, even more. Yeah, true. True. Yeah. yeah. Especially in this universe. <laughs> Ton of stuff. Yeah. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. um, do you have a personal history with Marvel? Like before, or did this show get you into it? <laughs> No, I never heard of Marvel before. I don't <laughs> okay, know. you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 I did, I did, I did. I, I fully did, I'm sorry. <laughs> I love it. I was a massive um, Captain America fan. Oh. Um, and I think that was... Well, that's uh, I did a, Yeah, I did a post on social media about what, what he meant to me and my story with him, and he's sort of been this... this uh, oh, man, I use this word too much. I've used it in every single interview, but it's the only word I can think of describing it. It's a totem because a totem provides for you at any point in your life uh, you know, the, not that Cap is mutable and he changes, uh, mutatable rather. It's that his, he's so finely tuned as a character as to help you out in any situation that you need help with. Mm. You know, when I was younger and there were a lot of demands placed on me as, as a kid to perform, there was that peak human aspect of it that was like, cool, all right, he's peak human. I can do that. Um, right. and then past that, you know, tougher emotional experiences. Okay. Well, he lost Bucky. And he lost Bucky and he became Cap. It forged him into something better. Great. You know, he has that meaning too. And then now, you know, in this industry, which which can be rough sometimes, it does deliver some body blows. Uh, 
well, taking body blows, he can do that all day. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, so the meaning has changed over time and will continue to change, I think. And that's a testament to his power, the peak human aspect of him. But it's also a testament to Steve Rogers' human spirit, right? Like mm. that is his actual power, you know, mm-hmm. not, a, not a perfect soldier, but a good person. Yes. Um, and he has been since his inception in the comic books. I don't know. There was a bit, there was a bit of odd stuff with that Hydra turn in, in the recent comics that mm-hmm. I – was like, yeah, this this is cool, but it's a little inconsistent, I think. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I love how full circle that is for you now because that's exactly <laughs> what they're exploring in this show with right. John Walker yeah. too, right? Like what does exactly. Captain America mean and does it mean different things to different people? Yeah, and it, it should. It really should. There's different ways that people approach things as Cap, you know, the, mm-hmm. the whole question of who's going to be that Captain America. Like there is – that that dogs all our protagonists through this whole this whole series, and it comes down to even stuff the way they've they they hand like the details. Man, Marvel's really good with this. Encourage really good with this is, is handling the details of those those characters. You know, they each handle the shield a different way. They don't do it the same way Steve Rogers does. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's sort of I guess a metaphor for for he can be what Cap is in you. It's your job to bring him out. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, it, it's not that Steve Rogers isn't the be all and end all of it. You also can love that. fundamentally it. love yeah. that. Love that. Well, again, I love, that's why the, you know, the show's exploring that. Love it. Yeah, um, uh, we talked about, it's not just a talented cast though. It's also a very yeah. diverse cast. Yeah. Can you speak a little bit to the importance of diversity in these shows and in these movies? It's, it's incredibly important, especially in something as in the zeitgeist and as tenpole as Marvel. Um, you know, I love that we're seeing Shang-Chi coming out, mm-hmm. you know, Black Panther obviously um, did a lot. And there is, look, there is an aspect of they're not moving the argument per se, right? It's, it's not like Marvel or Disney are making any new um, crazy – like statements. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, you know, there, there is a level of broad appeal. But but we need someone who has the level of audience that they do to normalize everything. And that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They're sort of using their clout to, to be like, hey, it's normal to see a full cast of African-American people. It's normal to see a full cast of Asian people. And that, to me, is... The, such such a good thing that they're doing, and the way they cast, I think, us in the flag smashes was also very, very. It, it was it was pretty cool. It was cool to see everyone come from a different place and have their own specific story. Because mm-hmm. ultimately, that's sort of what the flag smashes are about. Is they're not a homogenous unit. They they do have their own sort of wants, needs, desires, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and mm-hmm. we all sort of kept in here as actors to try to ground them. Um, as as small as necessarily some of our parts might be, but. Um, everyone sort of brought their A game with that because we knew that we had to demonstrate us and our where we come from realistically on screen, uh, or, or this project that they were doing with our casting would just fall apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something they trusted us with, which is more than I can say for a lot of other places that I've worked. They don't trust us with our own. Story well, and and even if they're not changing the story, you know, yeah. you now have an African-American mm-hmm. kid that can look up to Black Panther on the biggest yeah. level possible. And that's someone exactly. that looks like him and, and he's yep. ready to be a hero. And, or even just that yep. you, you mentioned that the show's got three female uh, showrunners, like leaders, yeah. you know, yeah. that's cool. That's wild. I, they, I, I don't know why they don't mention that more, but yeah, it was, it was really, really cool. That's, that's a, 
it was a good experience, good. you know, and something to be aspired to. Hmm. Okay, last question. All right. Um, everybody that gets cast in one of these roles, like you said, mm -hmm. gets in the gym, gets a little exercise routine. <laughs> it looks like you already were in good shape. I was already there, man. I was already in the gym. <laughs> but but, but did you follow a particular routine to get just absolutely yoked? Uh, you know, I just sort of kept up with my regular. I'm, I'm pretty consistent with the gym. Uh, I just sort of amped it up. I was just sort of took my regular thing and I was like, okay, let's dial it up to 11. I put the Avengers theme song in the background. Yeah, there you go. Stuck a poster of... of See, of, I do that too, but it doesn't work for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, those gym bros, they really gave... Those three gym bros gave me a really good program to follow. I... <laughs> there, you, there you go. Yeah, no, I did. I kept it up, and then sort of um, when we were on hiatus, it was sort of like, okay, I have to keep this up too. I'm, I can't go to the gym right now, so I bought a barbell. And um, this was kind of like this was good. This was a good lesson for me, actually. And if you're into fitness, this is this is important because you can get too granular with it. I was like, well, what am I going to do during COVID? I bought a barbell, bought some plates, and that's all I had for a year. And I still managed to put on size and and hmm. um, and keep it up. You Just know? at your house. Yeah, just at my house. I have like maybe eight square feet of space. That's been my gym for a year. <laughs> wow. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, possible. You know, you don't. Yeah, you don't need fancy. You don't need a lot of fancy stuff. You just need a yeah. bar and a couple of heavy things. You can do it, people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what would Steve Rogers do? <laughs> yeah, right. We can do it all day. Exactly. Um, well, this has been an absolute blast. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, I don't want to keep you too long, but just know that from us and from Robbie, we are really enjoying your work. Our listeners are really enjoying your work. And well, we're really looking forward to see where your career takes off from here. Thanks, man. And I know really you have a standing invitation to join friends from work whenever you want. Uh -huh. So that's out there. Ball's in your court. Thank you so much. Okay. Well done. Well done. I will take advantage of that for sure, mate. Yeah, my work. Thank you. <laughs> appreciate it. Thanks, brother. I really appreciate it. Man, I'm just really grateful he came on the show. How fun is that? It's so fun. I feel like, I mean, again, the only thing that I wish was different is that I had been there. But I don't know how it could have been any more perfect. The, the fun thing about that conversation, I thought, was that sometimes you see these folks uh, do these interviews and it's just like the it's always the same deal just over and over again, which is just like, oh, it's so cool to be a part of this. And, yeah, the show's so great. But I feel like you all really you got to get some real insight and into like his own personal experience being like not just at like going from being a, a fan of Captain America in particular to then kind of being a part of that piece of the universe and kind of what that has meant to him. And I thought that that was, I thought that was super cool. That was probably my favorite part because when I asked him about Captain America or his Marvel history, I had no idea he had that much thought into it. And hmm. He has some really good points on what Captain America is to him, what Captain America means to other people. I just thought that was a cool discussion. Absolutely. Well, guys, if you enjoyed that, hopefully we have more of that coming. You can watch it right now on YouTube. If you find us on there, friends from work. And if you subscribe to us on YouTube, it's easier to get those videos. But he has some fun facial expressions and stuff like that. So if that's your thing, go look at the interview on YouTube. As always, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on social media at the FFW Podcast. And we look forward to hearing from you on there. Now's the time. We're, we're almost finished with, with the Friends from Work Falcon and Winter Soldier Mega Week. But there's still more fun to come. So if you're not already hanging out with us 
on uh, social media, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever. Go and join us. We've been having a lot of fun, and we'd love for you to join. If you're listening to this podcast on Thursday, the day it came out, then guys have such a blast watching the finale tomorrow. We will be live on Instagram at the FFW Podcast the second the episode is done so we can kind of just hang out with you guys. And hopefully we find out a little bit more about Dovich, our friend Desmond here, and how his character oh, fares. Yeah. Can't wait to see that. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time on Friends from Work. Friends from Work.